0: Welcome to Adventures of Supergirl Radio, your source for the Adventures of Supergirl digital comic based on the CW Supergirl TV series, even if the comic still says CBS. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. And we are going to discuss Adventures of Supergirl number 10, which was written by Sterling Gates and includes art by Cat Staggs. The description for issue number 10 reads, quote, Supergirl has met her match in Facet, who sends her back to the DEO with questions. What did Alora have to do with Facet's past? And what is her continuing mission on Earth, unquote. So this chapter is all about Supergirl and Alex returning to the DEO to confront Alora's AI. And uh, they have a lot of questions about Facet. So Carly, what did you think about the interaction between Supergirl and the AI? It's
1: very emotional. I mean, it definitely calls back to episodes of the show that we've seen where Supergirl gets really emotional when interacting with the Alora ai like the scene i think isn't there a scene at one point where she just starts like sobbing it kind of felt like that although she wasn't like crying she was more just angry yeah you know and i think it's hard that the ai looks like her mother which is an interesting choice for which i isn't it also in superman's case his ai looks like his dad Um, Or is it it a version of his memories of his dad or what's, what's the thing that's in the fortress of Solitude? (laughs) You know, (laughs) yeah, there's a, there's
0: a couple of, uh, there's a couple of different variations on that, but but generally I think it is uh, very similar. Like in man of steel, Jor-El looks like Russell Crowe. Yeah. (laughs) And in uh, the Donnerverse, you see some of that same kind of thing. And even on Smallville, you had some kind of projections like that. So, yeah, the Allura AI is is very co- kind of cold and unfeeling, just like she is on the TV show. And it's funny you mentioned, you know, Kara's reaction to her. I remember one scene on the show where Supergirl was, like, wanting to heat vision the AI. She got so mm-hmm. mad at her. She was using her heat vision on her. But um, I always feel so bad for Kara because a lot of times the Alora AI will just – give her these non answers like i am not prog- i am not programmed with that information and it's like you're not any help and i think supergirl even feels that uh same way when she's kind of interacting with it in this issue
1: it's interesting too though that cuz even though in the comic anyway even though it seems like she doesn't want to answer some of her questions at first there's panels where it almost looks like she's having emotions about it and i was like hmm interesting like there's a scene there's a panel early on where she basically says like this might be a tough conversation and she kind of looks away from her yeah um whereas i think on the show they kind of they kind of veered more towards her being very neutral and not expressing any emotion so that was actually really interesting to see that she she was like this might be hard for you to hear and she actually kind of warned her a little bit which made made the explanation of maybe why she was reluctant to share anything but yeah it was it was really interesting and the fact that cara at the end is like i'm basically paying for all of your mistakes yeah. you know which is not you know she's not saying this to the ai she's saying it to her mother but mm-hmm. unfortunately she can't actually say it to her mother so this is the closest that she's ever going to get and so i think there, in spite of her grief at losing her mother, there's a lot of hurt there. There's a lot of confusion. Like she's, you know, she's definitely upset and angry. So there's a, there's a myriad of emotions. I'll, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> but I but and but I also like that Alex was there with her. I thought that made it a nice moment that she could be there to just kind of. Support Supergirl, um, even if she maybe didn't really understand like some of the that they were speaking. <laughs> she was like, "What is what is that word that she used?" I couldn't remember the one the one word where she was like, Alex was like,
0: "Wait, so what is that again?" Yeah, I think she says uh, Supergirl references a fanf. Oh, a FAMF. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever that "Uh, is. uh,
1: what's a FAMF? (laughs) 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 Okay. Like, that made me laugh. So, but other, you know, I just thought, I thought it was nice that Alex was there to support her.
0: Yeah, I actually liked that as well, because the Allure AI says to Supergirl in this issue, she asks her, before I begin, are you certain you want Alex Danvers to be here? And I thought that was really interesting, because I like that in response to that question, Supergirl doesn't even seem to really hesitate to include Alex in whatever they're talking about because she sees Alex and identifies Alex as her sister in Mm -hmm. front of the AI, Right. even though the AI continues to refer to Alex as Alex Danvers. She doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to recognize that Alex is Kara's sister on earth. So yeah, I'm with you. I liked that Alex is there. And I think it is pretty funny that Alex is learning more about the Kryptonian culture but through the AI and through Supergirl's interaction with her. So I, I really liked that a lot.
1: We got to see Hank for one panel. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a lot,
0: but he was there.
1: It was funny that you literally just see him standing there watching Supergirl and Kara go down the hallway like, okay, <laughs> hi, bye. <laughs> like, well, as she's, you know, as I guess it's the voiceover of her leaving when the Message, about covering for her at work, um, which I also loved the
0: line that Cat Grant
1: has lunch with Gwendolyn Christie mm-hmm. because I love Gwendolyn
0: Christie. <laughs> I wonder where they go to lunch. I don't know. I can't oh, imagine man. what that's like.
1: I just imagine it too because Gwendolyn Christie is like 6'3". Yeah. And I'm sure Callista, you know, Callista Flockhart slash Cat Grant is, you know. I mean, she wears heels, but she's still pretty tiny.
0: So. <laughs> yeah. I, I also want to know what they talked about. Well, what were they talking about at that lunch? I don't I know. know. I don't know if they're old friends or is Kat interviewing her for a story? I don't know.
1: Right? I, I want to know. But uh, I feel like that's a great friendship that I appreciate a lot. <laughs> now, that, now that it's like in-universe official, that makes me really happy.
0: Yeah, Kat's always hobnobbing, hob-nobbing with the famous people although not
1: she doesn't want to do hot yoga with bernie sanders i guess (laughs) that's
0: the one exception well who would really that's just awkward it's awkward it's awkward
1: no matter who it is yeah
0: hot yoga with anyone is not something i want to do hot yoga sounds really difficult um but (laughs) other than the deo stuff um, with the Alora AI and with a little bit of Hank Henshaw that we got to see, uh, we got to learn more about Facet in this issue. So, what did you think about the backstory of Facet as we are told uh, by the Alora AI? I was right. I
1: made a prediction, and I was right. <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited about it because that doesn't it rarely happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was fun to like learn that she was a guard and then basically well she was you know i guess because of the way that she's essentially what they call her like a living diamond yeah um and that's why her skin is basically like impenetrable although kara references a girl doesn't kara reference a girl who was made out of some some other kind of um stone and she she shattered but then Every piece of her was like coming back together, and then she was she was just about to be fully reformed when Krypton, you know,
0: yeah, that's, was destroyed, that's which
1: the, is kind of depressing. That's but. really
0: really unfortunate. Yeah, Kara Car- <sighs> says that she um, so F- Facet is formed. Um, they they refer to it as being formed on the planet Barrio Prime. Uh, a thousand years ago, and the, the little girl—the little girl you're referencing—was from Barrio Three, which I guess is another planet uh, akin to Planet Barrio Prime. I don't know if there's mm-hmm. another multiverse somewhere out there in the in in the universe, but uh, the little girl's from Barrio Three. Her name was Jodelin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but she was a quote beautiful red stone. So, uh, yeah, that's really interesting that they have these, like, stone diamond qualities.
1: Right. And it makes you wonder if there's people on different planets with different – made up of different – you know, they're composed of different materials or minerals or something depending on which planet they come from.
0: Yeah, may- that maybe would, that's a thing of the, the barrio planets. Right,
1: system or what
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The barrio system. Um <laughs> But yeah,
1: it's in, you know, and the Laura AI basically says that she, you know, the actual Laura asked Facet, she hired Facet to guard Fort Roz because they knew that she was going to be the toughest one because nobody, you know, there was the whole backstory plot where I guess it was like a prisoner uh, uh, attack. Like a like, there were prisoners that assaulted a bunch of guards, and she was the only one to make it out.
0: Yeah, um, it it uh, was referred to as the Magan uprising. I'm assuming that it's Magan, um, right? But uh, yeah, so that was a a a neat part of the backstory for me, just because it showed, you know, how formidable Facet really was. That she was amongst this prisoner uprising and she kind of handled business you know mm-hmm. she she dealt with the prisoners and she got it to where everything was kind of under control and that's why Alora wanted to have her be a part of Fort Ross
1: right and they like gave her this award the hand of krypton which they said is like our highest honor i guess it would be the equivalent of you know maybe like a police officer getting getting some kind of what do they call it? I don't know. Or like say somebody in the military getting, you know, like getting a, per- a medal, like
0: a purple heart or something. Like right. That. Or mm-hmm.
1: like the bronze star, you know, yeah. the different ones that they get, which I'm not super familiar with all those. So don't,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it,
1: it, it seems like that's the kind of the Kryptonian equivalent of a medal like that, which right. basically like, or like, Oh yeah. Like a medal of honor, basically like if you were going to get something from the president, maybe, um, so, yeah, and then she goes into Allura, the Laura AI, AI goes into how she basically hired Facet to guard Fort Ross. And then she was, like, the most ruthless, apparently the most <laughs> ruthless guard there. It was like, well, I believe that. But then, but then it's interesting because Kara asks her point blank, like, did you send her to monitor me? And she was like, you know... I don't know what you're talking about. Basically she yeah. gives her a non-answer. So we still don't really know why she's here. I mean, I mean the assumption is that she, she showed up when Fort Roz, you know, crashed when the prison crashed, but we don't know why she's monitoring car at this point.
0: Yeah. It, it was something I really couldn't wrap my brain around because if Fort Roz was hanging out there in the phantom zone, how would I dunno, it just I'm I was trying to wrap my brain around how could Facet be in the Phantom Zone. But I guess Fort Roz and Kara's pod came out of the Phantom Zone at the same time. Yeah. But the intentionality of Alora saying, Go and take, you know, take care or watch over my daughter, I didn't understand how that could work out because I don't know, maybe before Krypton exploded, Alora like was ringing up Fort Rise, like, hey, we're shipping my daughter off in a pod. Can you please check up on her? Like, I don't know how that works. Like, what's the timetable of the destruction of Krypton and Facet being Kara's kind of guardian, as it were? So I'm a, I'm a little confused on that. And one thing I was also kind of questioning in the issue was, and to Sterling Gates's credit, he answered my question in <laughs> the story because I kept thinking... Why are they talking about the worst criminals, the worst of the worst on Krypton being sent to this um, this prison where Facet works? Why wouldn't they just put, you know, why would they put them in this uh, Magan prison if they had the Phantom Zone? But then they talk about in, you know, as, as the story progresses and as we learn more about the backstory, that this whole Magan uprising is the whole reason they started putting prisoners in the Phantom Zone. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for that. So uh, I had a lot of questions, but some of them were answered. So I appreciated that. And I was also confused about the issue makes mention of uh, Facet sending Fort Ross inmates to attack the people Kara loves. So I was like, I don't know. Did that have anything to do with Helgramite or bar talks. are these are these you know prisoners are these fort rise inmates related to facet i was a little confused on that as well
1: yeah because i don't think that wasn't anything that we could have learned in a prior issue right like she didn't really i mean she didn't really talk to facet all that much she was kind of just mostly trying to fight her and then <laughs> get away so yeah i'm a little confused about that too to be honest i don't <laughs> know I don't, it's, I mean, I'm sure, I I have a feeling it'll be explained, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah, know about I, that.
0: Yeah, this issue was um, neat to find out more about Facet and her backstory, but there, there were things that I, I kept questioning, and I had a lot of que- – and it's good to have questions in a story. I'm not going to complain about that. But some of it was a lot to handle in this issue, like trying to keep up with location names and character names and weird Kryptonian slang, trying to learn what that was. So there was a lot to digest in this story.
1: Yeah, it was very, like, exposition heavy because you're basically – I mean, you're basically y- – they're just in the in the chamber, in the DEO, listening to the Allure AI tell the story. And, like, that's the whole issue. So, yeah, it's a lot of stuff to cover, I think. Um, but I liked that we got to learn more about Facet. And I liked that we actually got to see it illustrated Um
0: because she looks awesome. Yeah, Facet's pretty cool, and it's it's neat that we're seeing her origin story in mm-hmm. the in these issues because she is a an original character for for the comics. I mean, this is the first time anybody's ever heard of Facet, so that's pretty cool. Um, and we have a new artist on this issue for um, for Adventures of Supergirl. What did you think, Carly, about Cat Staggs' artwork?
1: Well, she's been doing the covers, right? Too so she's been doing the covers for each issue from the beginning, um, which I liked a lot because the covers for the, for the issue really tie into the look of the show. And she really draws very heavily on Melissa Benoist as the character. Um, this one, we got to see young Kara, the actress who plays young Kara, and, and a little bit of like the reflection of Laura Benanti as Laura. So that was kind of cool. Um, but also gave me a lot of emotions uh, because Kara was, you know, there's like a very teary, sad, uh, which is interesting. It's an interesting choice, I think, to put that to have depict that on the on the cover when the issue itself, the story itself, is is Kara wrestling a lot with, you know, her mother and what she can't really confront her about and the questions that she still has that the AI can't really answer and she's, uh, she's really not going to get a lot of resolution. So yeah, it was a very bittersweet, uh, story. And I think the cut co- in the issue after, after having read the actual issue, the cover is even a little bit more heartbreaking
0: because of that. Um, that's an excellent point because one of the pieces of dialogue that really kind of affected me, in this issue was Supergirl, you know, being angry at the Allure AI. And she's like, did you do anything right when you stood in judgment of Krypton? Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things. And she even says, like, what you did on Krypton is now affecting my present life. Mm-hmm. And so to to see that cover where Kara is seeing, you know, Allure, I mean, she doesn't see her mother die, but, you know, she's seeing her mother for the last time whereas Kara is being shipped off the planet to continue her life. So it it is kind of an interesting point to bring up because we see sort of the end of one life and how that affects Kara's life moving forward. So I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, and I liked the art in the issue um, a lot. I think one of the things I I really noticed was that I liked the way... um, let me. I'm looking at it very quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. um, it's interesting because I liked. I liked actually. There's a lot of like dark shadows in it. There's a lot of kind of heavy shading, so you can really s- kind of see um, expressions more clearly defined. But like even even just the shadows in general, like it's a very. It's interesting. It's ve- they're very black. So I liked that a lot and. I think the colors worked really well, especially the Alora AI. It's interesting that she's kind of she's drawn a little bit more softer because she's supposed to be like the hologram, so her features aren't quite as, you know, they're a little bit softer than say if you when you cut to Kara and Alex or when they're showing like Facet in a flashback. So I thought that was really that was really good.
0: Definitely. Um for me, I sort of was drawn to the backgrounds and how the backgrounds were kind of layered in within the panels so Mm -hmm. I I know that might be a little hard to explain but I for me I I don't guess I've noticed it as much but the panels seem to kind of the panels seem to layer on top of each other so yeah there's overlap yeah I see what you're talking about yeah so so they would sort of blend in and make Mm -hmm. one big picture and I really liked that a lot. I liked the use of the layering and the, the backgrounds. And sometimes they almost had like a 3D effect. Uh, like on page 10 and 18, I noticed where the panels kind of overflow into each other. And um, my fa- oh, yeah. my favorite page um, is the last one is page 22, when there's just this full page shot of Supergirl sitting down at the DEO you know, she's just kind of contemplating what she's learned from the AI and thinking about all the stuff that she's learned about facet. And I love the way that the cape is draped over her and how con- contemplative she looks, how she's kind of struggling over what is happening and what she's learning and... And even just as a as as a video person, as a wannabe photographer, I thought it was a nice little bit of composition with the DEO logo in the upper right hand corner of the page, so that mm-hmm. so that just you get a, a, enough to where like you know where you are, you know where the location is, and it puts you in that moment with her. So um, e- even yeah. though even though for me, I, I I normally like a little more detail with my characters and what's going on. There wasn't as much detail it was more kind of a a broader stroke I don't know if that's the right way to say it but um, but I did like the way the art was utilized and you know all the panels were utilized together Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it's interesting that you bring up the last panel because it feels like a very quiet way to end the issue like it kind of reminds me of when tv shows or movies they end with whoever it is just sitting in silence whoever the character is and just if they're reflecting on something, if they're kind of wrestling through something and there's just no dialogue and they're just sitting there and then there's like the fade, you know, the fade out. So it kind of felt like that, like it's supposed to kind of let you sit in it with her yeah, and think about everything that's just happened. And then it, you know, and then it's over. So I liked that a lot, actually. It kind of, yeah, it definitely reminded me of it it would like kind of a storytelling technique that you would see on TV.
0: Yeah, there would definitely be a a fade to black, (laughs) right?
1: (laughs) Slow fade, and then executive producer, you know.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, cool. Well, what are your overall thoughts about Adventures of Supergirl number ten? I liked it. Lots of
1: emotion. Lots of angst which you all know if you've been listening to this super <laughs> supergirl radio podcast is my, is totally my jam um no I liked it a lot we got to know facet's backstory which i was I was a little bit right about so that made me feel good um and I also got to see hank if you know albeit briefly not he, as long as I would there. have liked you he made was an there. appearance he made an appearance um and I guess next issue it says we're something's gonna happen where there's an assault on the DEO, so I wonder if it's gonna be facet. Ooh, that would be my guess. That's That'd a, be my guess that's a good tracks, spec. She tracks Supergirl to the DEO. That's my theory.
0: Well that that actually would be cool because Supergirl has learned all this information, and now she's gotta kinda she's gotta go and get more answers to her questions, and it would be awesome to see Facet in the DEO where they're all having – and it actually would be a great place for her to be because the mm-hmm. DEO is the organization that's trying to round up all of the Fort Ross inmates. So right. The, so the DEO and Facet actually have a lot in common.
1: Which I also wonder if it's going to tie into why Real Docs is – being all creepy because mm, oh. he was he was getting creepy in the deo and i, I feel tot- like that's related too
0: i totally forgot about Vril docs being yeah. creepy he's, the issue still the there. issue
1: before last was it the right or is the one before last i think it was, it was the uh, one before
0: last so eight i think it was um
1: yeah he was being creepy so He's Feel like that's going to come back somehow. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we need to know what he's doing with the security guards and the uh, we, the late with, the late night the shift, <laughs> the DEO, the overnight shift is the is, DEO
1: graveyard shift. Yeah, we got to know what's going on there. We're, we hope they're okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, i I liked this one. I, like I said before, I struggled with some of the information overload. But uh, hopefully that will come back into play, and we'll we'll kind of be able to use that information that we've learned. And um, if anybody is curious about the translations, there wasn't a whole oh, yeah. there wasn't a whole lot <laughs> I was to, to, to translate in this issue, not as much as last time. But uh, if you want those translations really quickly, on page nine, Supergirl says Griff, G R I F. I know that is correct. I double- I triple-checked that one, I think. I think. (laughs) Um, She says griff, and that actually correlates to issue nine when the word griffing was used. Oh, griffing, yeah. So I wonder- I don't know. I I don't know anyone who says griff. Um, So I'm assuming that's some sort of Kryptonian slang that we don't know. So I think that's really interesting. And on page 18, Supergirl uh, asks- did you send that Snagriff to watch me on Earth, Mother? So she calls, <laughs> she calls Facet a Snagriff, S N A G R I F F, which also, I guess, correlates to the Griff, G R I F, and the
1: Griffing. I feel like there, I feel like there might be a little bit of a of a,
0: a curse in there. Yes, that might be a <laughs> swear word, a Kryptonian I think swear word. Be, I honestly
1: think it might be because she says. I remember in the issue before, maybe she was like, I get pretty griffing close. Yes. I'm like, mm, I feel like, I feel like maybe it's not like super vulgar, but I think it might be a little bit of a, of a adult you know, language. A, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a facet is known as a snag riff by a super girl she's not very happy with facet so um you can take that as you as you will you can make up your own meaning for what a snagriff is uh and on page 13 we get a little more bridwell kryptonese facet says sit down and um they actually i think there was actually a little shout out i'm assuming to nelson e bridwell who is the cr- the creator of bridwell kryptonese um because Alora and some person named molium bridwell were oh, yeah. needed to run fort ross so i think there's a little shout out to nelson e bridwell there and there was also a Master Jailer mention, which I thought tied nicely into the TV episode of Supergirl called Truth, Justice, and the American Way, because we got to see a Master Jailer in uh-huh. the episode directed by Lexi Alexander. So that was pretty cool. So there were a lot of little details like that in this I- issue, like finding out something about the first Norzik or that... Something called an AMZET actually means a year. So if you want to say, see you next year, I guess you say, see you next AMZET in Kryptonian. So I'm learning all sorts of things about languages in this series. (laughs) So I appreciate that a lot. Well... I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Adventures of Supergirl number 10. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app.
1: And if you haven't bought it yet, Adventures of Supergirl is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, iBooks, Google Play, the Kindle Store, the Nook
0: Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. As far as keeping up with us, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. We have become a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify, so check out our playlist. And you can listen to us on Google Play.
1: We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. We are also part of the DC TV podcast circle. So if you like Goth- Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and even DC movies, subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like
0: DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. And I think this t- would be a good time to mention the DC TV podcast. Podcast marathon uh, that's happening on June 11th to help Yay. raise money for <laughs> spinal cord research through the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. The marathon starts at 2 p.m. Eastern, and Supergirl Radio's hour with Carly Morgan and myself will go from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern. So if you want to listen to Supergirl Radio, check us out at 4, but stay for the whole The whole day, there's lots of good podcasts to consume. So I highly recommend it. It'll be so fun. You can be in the chat room and interact directly with us in live, real time. So that'll be a lot of fun. And we have some Sterling Gates autographed comics to give away. We have a Laura Vandervoort autographed picture of her doing the Supergirl shirt rip, which is awesome. And so if you donate to the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation you'll be automatically entered into a raffle for that and uh, how you can learn about how to do all of that stuff you can go to dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser and you can find out how to listen to us that way and you can also uh, find out how to donate to the cause so um, and also remember you don't have to wait until the marathon you don't have to wait until June 11th to start donating you can do that Right now after you listen to this podcast. So uh, we encourage you to donate and to help us be able to fund their research. And as far as me, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid, that's d at D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D, and watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. That's d-u-c-k-m-i-l-k-p-r-o-d you can
1: find me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. I am weekend editor at The Mary Sue, which you can find at themarysue.com. I recently did a little guest spot on a podcast called uh, The Blake and Sal Show. Talked about Supergirl's return to the CW. Talked to their uh, host, Blake, about the Flash a little bit. He's a convert thanks to the Supergirl Flash crossover. So that was, a, <laughs> that was a fun conversation. And they're big, they're big fans of us here at Supergirl Radio. So if you have time, go check their their uh, podcast out. They're on iTunes and Stitcher too.
0: That's awesome to hear someone actually watch that because you know, yeah, I, I would have thought. I guess it benefited both shows. Yeah, that's but, what I said. Yeah. But but it, it's interesting to hear someone from The Flash actually watch Supergirl and then became a Supergirl fan. So that's very cool.
1: Well, oh, well he he was a Supergirl fan first and then he started oh, watching and then he the, wanted Flash to watch the Flash because of oh. the crossover. But I was like, I feel like it went both ways for a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, I know for me, I started watching Supergirl regularly first and then was started to watch The Flash, but was was more intentional about it, I think, once the crossover happened. So it was kind of it was the reverse for me, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no matter how you came into it, I, I know. think it's a good choice. It
1: is a good choice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, join us next time as we continue to go on the adventures of Supergirl.